Italian Wine Podcast. Chin Chin with Italian Wine People. My name is Monty Ward and this is the Italian Wine Podcast with me in the studio today is Ben Robson of the Batten Bottle Wine Company in Rutland in the United Kingdom. Welcome Ben. Thank you very much Monty. Now, why the name Batten Bottle and why do you specialise in Italian wine? The name Batten Bottle is, is slightly surreal. It comes through selling cricket bats and wine bottles, something which the Italian audience probably won't understand, but the wine bottles is slightly easier. Well, we used to sell both, now we just specialise in wine bottles and cricket bats. Why, why are you so passionate about Italian wine and why don't you stop French wine or German wine or Spanish wine? Terrible mistake. I was sent by a monk in London to Bromsgrove to meet Mrs. Pascuse, who was an Italian lady from Udine who had married an English soldier in the war and she, she told me that I should just sell Italian wine. So uh, you don't argue with older Italian ladies. I, I did what I was told. So that was that? That was that. So when was that? That was back in 1988, It's back in the midst of time. Long, long time ago. So what have been some of your successes which, which styles of wine or great varieties from Italy have been proved most successful for you? Well, over the years, I mean, in the early years, we were specialising in doing things no one had heard of. And we've seen a gradual move back now to the classics. So we're starting to see a huge rise in Chianti Classico, for example. Massive resurgence in wines like Veredicchio. Even Pinot Grigio at a proper end is starting proper prices, not the cheap, cheap stuff at the bottom. It's made a real resurgence. So we're starting to see real power through the through the middle of the Italian market. Even decent Prosecco is selling, which which is, is fantastic news. It isn't just the cheap stuff in the UK. So you went, when you started, did you try very esoteric Italian wines? Or did you yes. stick to... Yes, was that a mistake? It, um, not a mistake. It made me a name, but it probably didn't make me any money. So, so what, were the, what were the esoteric varieties or stars that you were bringing in? I mean, the classics of people like Buffon, Chanorie, Shivadin, Cordenosa, some mad grape types, and not, not even the Italians have heard of. And then moving into things like Legrain and Schiava and up into the Alto and, and down into Puglia. Some of the stranger things from there, and Lacrima from the Marche and Vernaccia near that. So some of the more esoteric things and, and some sold well and some frankly were a disaster but um, they were enjoyable disasters and that's that's what's important I think. What do you mean you drank the stock? Yeah, well, the stock the stock all sold eventually but you know things like Spergola, Spergola was a big seller. I never would have believed that Spergola would have been a big seller but Emilio Romagna I think has a great future for some of those indigenous grapes but the classics are coming back strongly you know I don't think we've given up on Lembrusco yet in the UK. No, I think it's coming back into fashion, isn't it? I think it, it is. An alternative yeah. to Prosecco. Well, I think alternative to Prosecco is a little cruel, but um, it certainly is a good red wine, which which is fantastic with food. Prosecco certainly can't pin its name to it. Do your, your clients quite foodie then? Is that why they buy Italian wine? Or are they just looking for something curious? Or they know you, or they like you, or they like your bat and bottle story? Well, I hope they like the story. I hope they like me. But also, most importantly, I hope they trust me. And I hope that they recognize that I'm going to do my best for them and give them the best wine that I possibly can. Yes, I think they are foodies. Yes, I think they do like something different. And we do tend to get customers who buy on what they enjoy and not what they're told to enjoy. And that's very, very important. So we've got very single-minded individual customers, which 
both in restaurant trade and in, in the private client business. So I'm very, very lucky. Just tell me about some of you mentioned some of those great varieties, Tbergola and uh, Lambrusco. I mean, the, the, most, the biggest shock recently, I mean, last year, one of our top selling red wines over the Christmas period was a Cache Mite di Lucera, so, uh, which I, I couldn't believe at all, from the king of tomatoes, Paolo Petrilli. If you're listening, Paolo, fantastic wine, thank you. So what kind of wine is it? Is it red um, or white? Red wine, medium bodied, very, very elegant, and a cool climate from a hot climate area, or cool climate styles from a hot climate area. So some of those sort of wines that the English are starting to really get their heads around, the more interesting and pure wines. Of course, the obvious stuff from Puglia is still doing very well, the Primitivo is still doing well. Squinsano, just because we love the name and everyone else does. But when you're selling these wines with these almost unpronounceable names, you just say to people, listen, just trust me, it's good, don't worry about pronouncing it. Yeah, and you've got to give them a product code or a barcode. Ordering them over the internet is far safer than over the phone. And so yeah, we, we, are, we are trusting that people trust us, which is um, it's the way you sell wine, I think, at a small, small importer level. Do you have any Italians who come into your shop? Yes, amazingly. We also have French, and they are my favorite customers. Selling Italian wine to French people is, 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 is just something that brings a huge smile to, to the heart. Um, and also it shows that the French can learn. Um, and, and yes, we do have Italians as well. And they, 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 of course, enjoy it very much as well. Though Italians uh, in the past have been more used to classic wines, so they can get annoyed by my warehouse when they don't see what they wish to see or what they think they'll recognize. What, so, like you talk about Brunello or Chianti? Well, or the what? big names. So, you know, in Italy, there's still the Cesare's and Massi's, all of these, the, the, the grand old names of Italian wine. And Barolo I, and Valpolicella. Yeah, and I, I don't worry about them. They're, they're, they're fantastic wines, but we'll leave them to the importers who specialize in those. So when you make a road trip to Italy, how do you feel? Do you kind of feel like you're letting your hair down? Oh, and sheer joy, sheer joy. Is it and this year's been fantastic. We'll even get a couple of days skiing and on the way that works very well. Maybe a day in Champagne, a couple of days running through champagne. the Alto Piemonte. Sorry, don't mention that. I probably said French Yacorta. And just heading down through the Alto Piemonte, through Piemonte, uh, it's fantastic. What better country to do business with? You know, the further you can get, the better. But if you just scrape Piemonte, you haven't you haven't done too badly. So if you had to move to Italy, which region would you live in? Probably right now. It would, it would be the Alto Piemonte, I think. Maybe somewhere around Lesona or Bramatello or up, up Gattinada, that area. So quite easy to get across down into Barolo, but also easy to get a little bit of white stuff up in the north. And also, I, I love those high-altitude Nebbiolos that you're getting from the villages. Lesona up across to Bocca, fantastic wines. And Erbeluce, which I still think is going to be one of the great Italian white wines of the future. It's enormous potential. How do traditional Italian wine growers treat you? Do they think you're a little bit nuts, or are they really appreciative yeah. of, of the work that you're doing and, and the enthusiasm that you have? They worry about me at first. Your sanity. Yeah. Yeah, your wife but, does but as they, well. They, use, yeah, they, they, they worry, but they, they trust that she will keep business straight. But in, at the end of the day, I at the end of the day, terrible phrase, that'll have to be cut out immediately. Um, yeah, they, they do appreciate what we're trying to do, and once they understand what we're trying to do, um, we get a lot of support from our suppliers. And we're very, very lucky. Most of our suppliers are friends, and we're very fond of all of them. So how do you how do you see things progressing over the next say five years in terms of Italian wines? Obviously we've got Brexit to deal with, but in terms of um, new new varieties that you might want to try or new regions you might want to explore. Well, I, I don't think I still think Alianico has a great future, and as we spread down into Basilicata and have a look more carefully at some of the producers coming out from there, fascinating. I can see us doing a bit more work on Etna. We'll be down on Etna in a couple of weeks. We're doing a little. Funnily enough, the Veneto seems to still be sharpening up as some of the indigenous grapes get a little bit more. Uh, 
press, and I, I think they deserve it. Everything from your Rabosos through to Luganas and everything, and everything in between. So I think we're going to see huge, huge growth in most areas. I'm praying for growth in Lambrusco, but I'm, I, I don't, I'm not that optimistic. And maybe other sparkling wines, apart from Prosecco, starting to get a look in. So Lambrusco? maybe the rise of Trento, Spumantes, and, and Francia Cortes, perhaps, I hope. Cool. Ben Robson. Fascinating to talk to you. You really are a one-man band. You work incredibly hard. You're such a great supporter of Italian wine and there's native great varieties of that bottle in, in uh, Rutland in the UK. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. We'll go on a road trip sometime. I'll do the driving though. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, you're bound to be better. Thanks. Yeah, it's true. Thanks. Follow Italian Wine Podcast on Facebook and Instagram.